We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Kimber Peterson. Hello. This episode is being released in mid-October and we're heading into the holiday season already. As we head into the holidays, we like to do a podcast on safety and on understanding boundaries and setting some realistic expectations with your child. So in this episode, we are going to be talking about some sensitive topics, uh, going over, you know, reducing risk for abuse or um, inappropriate behaviors amongst children, uh, you know, some of those kinds of alarming things that often do come up in the holiday season because we are doing so much visiting. Especially after a couple of years of pandemic, so many more people are getting together with families and communities and gathering together again, which we haven't been doing the last couple of years. So this episode is just set up in order to help you decide what you'd like to teach your children and then give you the tools to teach them. Let's talk about that first part, what you would like to teach your children. Now, years and years, parents have taught kids things like stranger danger or mom, dad, grandpa, and doctors are safe people. But the reality is, is we live in a world where there are a lot of risks around our kids. And the most important thing that we can teach them is discernment and understanding and following their gut when they're feeling uncomfortable with somebody. And there's a couple of ways to do that. Now, the first thing that you as a parent can do to help your child with this is to set up really open and clear communication. When your child feels like you are a safe place to come and ask questions to, you will be the resource that they turn to. And that's a relationship that you really want to have set up with them. In order to get there, you have to start now. You have to start by making sure that you are a safe environment for your child to come to. One of the ways that you can do that is by consistently responding instead of reacting. Now, what I mean by that is when we are really reactive to our children's behaviors, topics of conversation, um, concerns or questions, then our kids become alarmed and we're no longer a safe place to go to for that information. When we are responding instead of reacting, then we're much more likely to gain their trust and be a safe place for them. So you can start this by having calm and neutral conversations about hard topics, opening up the door to talk to your kids about things like their bodies and sex. Being able to have those conversations in a calm and collected way that shows that you're mature and can handle those topics really will help your children understand and see you as a safe place to continue to go to for more information. You also want to make sure that your child knows that you're going to believe them and hear them when they come to talk to you. Now, this is done largely by using the skill of effective communication. If you go on our website, smarterparenting.com, and look under the Learn tab, you'll see a lesson on effective communication. Now, effective communication is all about listening and reflecting back, making sure that your child really is heard and that you're capturing the meaning of what they're trying to get across. As you do that on a regular basis, you're showing your child that you really hear what they have to say and that you're going to hear them out and listen to them and trust and believe what they have to say. Unfortunately, when we're talking about concerns of sexual abuse or inappropriate interactions or relationships with other people, what we know is that this comes from people we know. It's very rarely from strangers. And so they're often people that we know and love and trust. So when your child comes to you and they say, I need to talk to you about this uncomfortable conversation I had with uncle so-and-so, they need to know that you're going to listen to that and you're not going to be dismissive of it. And that's a hard relationship to set up because you trust your child. You also trust your brother or their uncle or their, you know, whatever family member or community member or neighbor or 
friend that we're talking about, you've built trust with those people in your life as well. And so they can be really challenging conversations to have and letting your child know that you are going to hear them out is critical. So now we need to talk about what to teach your child. Now that you've set up a baseline of here's, here's somebody you can go to and talk to. I'm a safe person for you to come and talk to. Now we need to expand beyond that and we need to talk about what your child's looking out for. What is alarming? What's not alarming? What's normal? What's not normal? You know, I saw an interesting documentary recently on Dr. Nassar uh, with the USA Gymnastics. And that documentary goes into detail about a doctor that was deeply involved with the gymnastics agency and would be the primary physician for all of their gymnasts and athletes. He would travel with them. He would go to camps with them while they were away from parents and other community members and people of support for them. And throughout that whole experience, he was sexually abusing them. Now, how devastating to have told your child you can trust mom, dad, uncle, grandpa, and doctor, right? He's on your list of people you can trust. And then to have that trust be betrayed. So instead of teaching our children who they can trust and putting a list together for them, we need to teach them how they can trust and what to look out for and when they should mistrust or when they should ask questions or when they should come to you. So here's what I'd encourage you to talk about with your children. You want to talk about who safe adults are. One thing that we want to clarify with them is make sure that they're going to an adult because our teenagers are going to love going to other teenagers. Our children, our young children are going to be more inclined to go to an adult or an authority figure. Um, but, but going and identifying that person as an adult, we need them to be able to go to someone mature enough to handle a situation and help them move forward and to keep them safe. And that needs to be an adult. So deciphering what that means and who that looks like. Is it your 16-year-old babysitter? Maybe it is in your family. Is it, um, you know, people over the age of 18? Is it people over the age of 25? Is there not an age limit, but just kind of a deciphering? Here are the adults and authority figures in your life. Can you discern between an adult and a child? So helping your child understand they need to go to an adult. And then we need to make sure that that adult is a safe person. A safe person is someone who's going to make them feel happy and safe. And you can talk to your child and, and ask them questions about what that means. What does, it, what does it feel like to feel happy and safe? A safe adult will never ask you to tell a lie or keep a secret. Now, I really, really love going over with my kids the difference between a secret and a surprise. And I feel like this is a really safe way to differentiate you know, a secret and a surprise because there are times that I want them to keep, you know, a temporary secret, a surprise. So if it is a birthday present or something like that, and we're saying, don't tell the other person about it, I need my child to understand, I'm not asking you to keep a secret. I'm asking you to keep a surprise. A surprise is something that we find out about later. A surprise is something that is going to lead to a positive outcome. Now, a secret is something that doesn't always feel very good. And a secret is something that we don't plan on telling that person ever. We don't plan on telling them. And typically when a secret comes out, it makes people feel uncomfortable, gross, icky, scared. Lots of different, you know, different outcomes can come from secret keeping. So navigating with your child, the difference between a secret and a surprise can help them discern and understand that their safe adult will never ask them to keep a secret. Their safe adult might ask them to keep a surprise, you know, birthday presents, Christmas and whatnot. But they won't ask them to keep a secret. Their safe adults are going to believe them. 
no matter what they're telling them. They're going to listen and hear them out. Just like we practiced before, how to be that safe person for your child, that your child is then going to need to seek that out. They need to know that that as you go to them, or as, sorry, as they go to you and talk to you about what's going on or what their concerns or alerts are, that you are going to hear them out and that you're going to take actions. Now, it doesn't always mean that you're going to believe every single word and that, right, we're not trying to react or explode over things that our children report. Sometimes there's misunderstanding. Sometimes there's, um, you know, challenging dynamics. But we need to err on the side of the child and that we are going to take steps to help them feel safe and comfortable. So if your child comes to you and says, I had this really uncomfortable conversation. I don't really know what it is. It was kind of the way that he looked at me. It was kind of the way that I just felt in the moment. No, he didn't touch me. No, he didn't say anything inappropriate. I just, I felt gross about it. Rather than dismissing that entirely, can help your child navigate what the steps are moving forward. And that's what this part is, right? This part is about believing them when they tell you something and taking actions around it. So in this, we've defined who a safe adult is. One, they're an adult or a grown-up. Two, they make you feel happy and safe. Three, they will never ask you to tell a lie or keep a secret. And four, they will believe you when you're telling them something important. Once I've gone over those four components and really helped my child navigate, then I can start to ask them questions about who those safe adults are. Who's not a safe adult and why? Why do you feel that way? And, and starting to get to know and, and understand and kind of gauge their understanding, I guess, uh, by asking them those questions and, and hearing out what they have to say or what they have to report from it. You can learn a lot from these conversations with your child, and they're really important moments because, right, this conversation in and of itself is an opportunity for your child to hear that it's safe and comfortable to come and talk to you when these are hard things going on. But once I've gone over those four things, I'm then going to make sure my child understands that it does not matter how well we know the person, how much we love them or trust them. If they make them feel sad, scared, or icky, then they can go to a safe adult and talk to that person about it. Ideally, you will be one of those safe adults as their parent, but, but you can constructively help them move forward. Now, sometimes they're going to come and report to you that that adult made them sad because they said that they can't do X, Y, and Z. And that's totally understandable. And that's just fine. We're not only using this tool for really alarming or abusive situations. We're using this tool for our child to navigate and trust their gut as they're discerning who's a safe person and who's not, or when they feel good and when they don't. Sometimes I'm going to believe that that made them sad that they didn't get to do X, Y, or Z, and that we can do something about it, right? It doesn't mean the answer is going to change. It just means that maybe I need to just support them through feeling sad. I don't always have actionable steps after a child comes and reports, you know, an uncomfortable feeling. A lot of times it is helping them work through some of that feeling because it is situations like I didn't get to have dessert. But there are many, many times where it's not about dessert. It is about genuine, uncomfortable confrontations or situations between an adult and a child. Now, these are challenging conversations to have. And frankly, they're very mature and adult conversations to have. But we need to make a way to have them with children. And sometimes those children are young. Having these conversations with our kids in an age-appropriate way all along their childhood is important. So with an older child, a teenager who's more mature and can understand some of this discernment better, I'm going to go into more detail. I'm going to talk to them about things like someone might use levels of manipulation. They may use things like no one will believe you or, you know, other scenarios. 
I can walk with them through situations where an adult, maybe that they thought they could trust, like the doctor that I talked about from the documentary, uh, they actually are feeling uncomfortable with and they need to do something about it. And what does that look like? Who can they talk to? Who can they turn to? And what are the next steps? So as you go through with your child these, these different details and give them more depth and understanding to discernment, you can also role play different scenarios that are coming up. Um, you know, you're going to summer camp and, you know, this situation happens. What, what do you do about it? Practice going through those scenarios so that it feels real and that they actually see it happening. Practice what to do if their friend comes and reports to them. They are a child. They're not the safe adult. So the next step they need to take is to go and find that safe adult to report that to. Even if their friend wants them to keep it a secret, they need to turn and report it. So going over these scenarios with your older and more mature children will be really helpful for them to feel safe and comfortable in the moment. The more you practice and the more you rehearse it, the more confident they will be in that uncomfortable scenario. Um, you can even go over things like suicide. A friend reports that they are feeling suicidal. What do you do about it? You are feeling suicidal. What do you do about it? These are intense and heavy conversations to have with your child. They're very challenging to have, but this is a safe way to do it. Now with younger children, we do need to adapt a little bit. We can't go into as much detail and some of our adult language really doesn't make sense. They're not going to understand the degrees of manipulation. They're not going to understand that a predator uh, is actually quite charming most of the time. And it's not, you know, a stranger wearing a mask in the bushes. It, it is somebody that they know and they love and it makes them laugh and makes them feel good sometimes, but not good other times. So helping your child understand and navigate some of that is going to rely a lot on questioning them and help kind of gauging what they're gaining from your conversation. So use that same tool that I mentioned before of effective communication where you can state something and explain it to them and then ask them what you said. So they're relaying it then back to you and you're kind of picking up on what they're learning from it because sometimes our kids are learning wildly different things than what we're trying to explain to them. And you're going to want to adapt the way that you're approaching it if they're not getting the message. Now, with all of this being said, uh, we do want to create a safe environment for our kids. And, and we get through this conversation. This is a really heavy topic. And parents still often look at me doe-eyed and, and say, I don't, I don't know where to start. Now, where do I go from here? I feel like this is important to have. I'm starting to map out the different things I need to say or where I need to go with this, but I don't know how to start. That's why we have the tool Preventive Teaching. So Preventive Teaching is a parenting tool that we have on our website. You can find it at www.smarterparenting.com under the Learn tab and Preventive Teaching. Now in there, you're going to see a video and a whole bunch of different details on how to use this skill if you'd like to go into more depth, but I'm going to walk you through it right here. This skill is broken down into six steps. The first step is to say something positive about your child's behavior or express empathy about how they're feeling. Start off on a good note. This is a hard conversation to have and let them know, hey, I want to have kind of a hard conversation with you. Are you ready for that now or do you want to do it later? Kind of giving them some opportunity and some voice in this conversation will help keep it a safe place. You also want to make sure you're doing this at a neutral time in a calm and private space. So be sure that you are watching out for those kinds of details and that you're not doing it when they're in a rush to get out the door with friends or they are distracted with other things that are going on, that, that you really are choosing a calm and neutral time in a safe place. Step two is describe how you want your child to act. 
Now, in the very beginning of this episode, we went through the things that you want to describe to your child in order for them to discern who's a safe adult or not. Let them know that you want to talk about what to do in uncomfortable situations and that they need to be able to identify who a safe adult is and walk through those criteria of being a safe adult. Step three is to give your child a meaningful reason to behave that way. This reason needs to be meaningful to your child specifically. So helping them hear that this is going to keep them safe and that this prepares them for scenarios that would otherwise be very scary and uncertain in how to navigate. It will help them understand what to do before it ever happens. Step four is to practice. This practice can include things like going over and asking them questions or scenarios. Okay, you're in this situation. What do you do? Or, you know, I'm going to describe an adult to you and I want you to tell me, you know, what parts of them are safe and what's not safe about them. Do they fit that criteria for a safe adult for you to, to turn to? And ask them why. Have them, have them explain to you what their perspective is and, and what they've gleaned from that list that you gave them and, and how they would discern who's safe and who's not. Step five is to find something positive they did during the role play. So praise them. They may tell you things like your brother is not the safe person for them, even though you feel like your brother absolutely is and is not a predator in any way. Just because they don't feel like the adult is safe does not make it a bad person. It just makes it so that that's not the person on their list and that they can't just outright assume that that's a safe person. Instead, they'll need to discern in the moment whether that's a safe person or not. And that's exactly what we're trying to teach them to do. So it's okay for the people that you put on your safe adult list to not match the people on their safe adult list. We want to make sure that they have a safe adult list and that those people are reasonable. And if the people on their list are making you uncomfortable, then that's something to dive a little bit deeper into and understand. Step six is to continue to practice. This is not a one-and-done conversation. Heavy, hard parenting conversations like this have to happen on a regular basis. You need to have ongoing check-ins. And for your family, that may look different, but you want to make sure that you're mindful of each of your children hearing these hard conversations and engaging them frequently enough that it's in the forefront of their mind. So if they face a situation or a scenario where this comes up, they know exactly what to do and they haven't forgotten these steps. They do know who a safe adult is and they will follow through on talking to that person. In this episode, we've talked about what your child should do. And if your child is having these hard conversations with you, you should also be reaching out to authority figures and local mental health support to make sure that your needs are being met. It's not meant that you resolve and solve all of these issues for your child, but that you are the opening door in order to get the resources that your family is needing. This is a heavy podcast, and hopefully you got some good tips of things that you can do to help keep your family safe and have hard conversations with your kids. If you have more questions or want to learn more directly from a parenting coach, go to our website, smarterparenting.com, and reach out to us or sign up for coaching so that we can walk you through these scenarios one-on-one -on -one and help you map out what your family is needing moving forward. <laughs>